Welcome, welcome everyone, and I'd like to welcome you to today's bonus episode, The Lost City of Death Valley, California. I stumbled across this story while I was doing my research on two guns, and I figured, why not? Why not throw out a little 4th of July extra? So, without any further ado, I hope you enjoy the latest episode, Lost City of Death Valley, California. Mummies, giants, and underground caverns is what the San Diego newspaper said about a strange event that happened in Death Valley in 1947. A land of terrible extremes, Death Valley is hands down one of the most uninhabitable places on earth. With average temperatures well over 100 degrees and a long history of human suffering behind it, it seems as if this place is aptly named. But surprisingly, people have been calling this area home for around 9,000 years. This population has undoubtedly contributed to a wealth of rich history and folklore to the area, and one of the most well-known cases being that of the hidden city of Death Valley. In August of 1947, a man named Howard E. Hill of Los Angeles spoke before the city's transportation club and told an amazing story. The tale detailed the work of a man named Dr. F. Bruce Russell, who claimed that he had discovered a labyrinth of complex tunnels deep below Death Valley in 1931. Russell, who was a retired physician, coupled with his colleague Dr. Daniel S. Bovee, allegedly stumbled upon these caves by accident. Russell, intrigued by their discovery, decided to take a closer look and see if the cave system had any potential for mining opportunities. Well. As the story goes, while Russell was sinking a shaft for the mining claim, the ground gave way, causing Russell to fall into the cave system, where he then discovered a catacomb of tunnels leading off into all different directions. The pair then decided to explore further, and I have the feeling that nothing on this earth could have ever prepared them for what they were about to uncover. They followed one tunnel in particular for some ways, and were extremely surprised when they stumbled upon the remains of three gigantic men who measured eight to nine feet tall. The remains were clothed in garments consisting of medium-length jackets and trousers that extended below the knees. The texture of the material for the clothing resembled gray dyed sheepskin, but was actually believed to be taken from an animal that is still unknown to this day. The room also held a number of beautiful artifacts that resembled both Egyptian and Native American designs as well as hieroglyphics that were found carefully chiseled onto objects of polished granite. The two men believed that they had discovered an ancient burial site for an ancient tribe's hierarchy. Well, As they continued to venture off deeper into the system, they came across another tunnel and in that they found what they described as a ritual hall of these ancient people. Once again, they found several artifacts and markings, as well as the preserved remains of animals such as dinosaurs, elephants, and tigers. Later, it was suggested that these were actually the remains of ancient mammoths and saber-toothed tigers. To everyone's surprise, Russell described to Hill that he and Bovey had yet just to barely scratched the surface of the find, stating that there were at least 32 more tunnels that stretched across 180 square miles throughout Death Valley and into southern Nevada. Well, of course, the professionals in the community, such as the archaeologists, disputed their claim, stating that dinosaurs and saber-toothed tigers appeared on Earth 10 to 13 million years apart, and nobody in the archaeology community was interested enough in the story to personally go and check it out. 
Still determined and holding true to his claim, Dr. Russell and a group of investors created a corporation called Amazing Explorations, Inc. in order to handle the release and hopefully profit from this amazing find. Well, to their dismay, the ever-shifting sands of the desert made it impossible for Russell to locate the entrance when they returned to the site. Shortly after, Russell disappeared, never to be heard from again. The only clues into his disappearance was the discovery of his abandoned car in a remote area of Death Valley with his suitcase still in it. And for Dr. Bovey, well, he seemingly disappeared as well off into the shadows far, far away from this mystery. Just a hoax, that's all it was, right? Possibly, but that's not the end of the story. That's not even the beginning. For centuries, legends of an underground city and an ancient race in Death Valley have been told for generations by the Paiute tribe. In their tales, they speak of the legend of the Kingdom of God's Land or Ghost Land and is considered to be a sacred place to the Paiute. According to legend, thousands of years ago, an important Paiute chief lost his wife. Completely devastated, the chief was so overcome with grief and sorrow that he didn't want to continue living on without her. He soon decided to take his earthly body into the land of the dead to search for his lost love. Following the trail of brave Indian spirits through endless underground tunnels, the journey was long and arduous. During his travels, it was told that he was attacked by numerous evil spirits, fierce beasts, and horrifying demons. Finally, his brave journey was rewarded by a beam of sunlight at the end of the trail, but was not able to reach it without conquering one last obstacle crossing an extremely narrow rock bridge that arched over a bottomless abyss. But with the beautiful green meadows of the spirit lands just in arm's reach, he managed to make it across safely. Upon entering the kingdom, he was greeted by a beautiful maiden princess who was the daughter of the ruler of the kingdom. The princess took the chief by the hand and led him to a large natural amphitheater where the chief looked upon thousands of dead Paiutes happily dancing in a huge circle. Undoubtedly happy to see that the dead were happy, he was still disheartened as he thought that he would not be able to find his wife in the crowd. Insistently, the princess assured him that he would and gave him a few simple directions to follow in order to get her back. Wait at the edge of the circle until your wife passes, she instructed. When you see your beloved wife, carry her off quickly without either of you making a backward glance, then travel the way you came. The chief agreed and waited patiently for his wife to dance by. After several days of sitting at the edge of the circle, the chief saw a number of people that he had known in the past, including friends and enemies, but still no sign of his beloved wife. Just as he was ready to give up, he saw her approaching late on the third night. As soon as he saw her, he grabbed her and the two fled the valley hand in hand. Just before they were to cross the narrow bridge over the bottomless canyon, the chief risked and took a quick look back at the beautiful valley to ingrain its memories into his mind, and before he could turn back around, the chief found himself standing all alone. In the end, he made it back to his people in the land of the living, where he spent the rest of his days telling the tale of the wonders and the beauty of the realm of the dead in which he'd laid his eyes upon. And from that, a great legend was born one that would be passed down from generation to generation. Now, 
Many years after this legend was born, a prospector named White claimed that he had fallen through the floor of an abandoned mine into an underground tunnel up at Wingate Pass in the southwest corner of Death Valley. This happened about 20 years prior to the first group of explorers to lay claim to the site in 1947. White claimed to have explored the catacombs a total of three times in which he too discovered rooms containing leather-clad mummies surrounded by gold bars and treasure. He also noticed an odd pale green-yellow light originating from one of the tunnels, but dared not explore any further. After hearing the story of White's find, a Paiute trapper and guide named Tom Wilson told a story that was similar to that of White's. Wilson claimed that his grandfather had discovered the underground tunnels of Death Valley many years before, telling similar tales of the same discovery. As the story went, his grandfather had gone into a cave which led to numerous tunnels and large rooms beneath the valley floor. After walking for miles, his grandfather arrived at an underground city where he found a group of fair-skinned people that spoke an unknown language and wore leather-like clothing. He also noted that these people had horses and were eating food that he had never even seen before and that their city was illuminated with pale green-yellow lights. Upon returning home to tell his family, nobody believed the old man except for his young grandson, Tom Wilson. Mr. White had agreed to lead Tom Wilson and a group of researchers back to the entrance of the cave, yet once again the shifting desert sands made it impossible to find the location. However, they didn't come out empty-handed this time. They were able to locate a dead-end tunnel that had been carved out of the solid rock of the land. Undoubtedly, they were all disappointed, but that didn't deter Tom Wilson, who spent the rest of his life searching for the mythical kingdom right up until his death in 1968. Interestingly, another tale similar to all the aforementioned was published in a book called Death Valley Men in 1932. Author Bork Lee tells a tale of two men named Jack and Bill who discovered a similar city while exploring up around Wingate Pass. Same setup as before, and after falling into what they thought was a mineshaft, discovered several tunnels containing several rooms. They found the usual treasures and mummies, except this time, the description of the treasure was much more specific. Perfectly preserved human remains adorned with thick golden armbands holding giant golden spears, they said of their find. They went on to claim finding large statues of solid gold along with stone vaults and drawers filled with gold bars and gemstones and a beautifully polished round table. The story describes perfectly balanced heavy stone wheelbarrows and gigantic stone doors perfectly balanced by counterweights. Thrilled with their find, the two men proceeded to carry off a few artifacts along with some treasure before making their way up through a tunnel that opened up about halfway up the eastern slope of the Panamint Mountains. When the two men returned, they set out their loot for display in hopes of luring archaeologists back to the site. But as fate would have it, as in so many of these stories similar to this one, a close friend allegedly stole the artifacts, and when the two men tried to lead the archaeologists back out to the mine opening, the ever-changing desert terrain had once again made it impossible for them to find. Just like the ones who went before and the ones who came after, the two men were last seen preparing to climb the eastern slope of the Panamint Mountains, after which they were never seen or heard from again.